0: cookie miller and this is worth the wait join me every week as i explore profound weight loss solutions beyond just diet and exercise because a lifestyle change starts with changing your mind What's up, guys? Welcome back to Worth the Weight. I'm your host, Cookie Miller. And today we are talking about intermittent fasting for weight loss. So, of course, we're going to break this into a few parts. We'll talk about what intermittent fasting is, what can be consumed while you're fasting, your eating window versus feeding window, warnings for those who are building muscle or trying to tone, who intermittent fasting is for and who it's not for. And also I'll talk a little bit about how I've personally used intermittent fasting in the past versus now. So let's get into it. So let's start with defining intermittent fasting. So this is a popular diet trend that involves eating during a specific window of time and then fasting for the rest of the day. The idea is that with less time to eat, you will eat less, thus causing a caloric deficit, which results in weight loss. Now, before we fully dive in, of course, this is not medical advice. So if you're considering doing intermittent fasting, definitely make sure that you check with your healthcare professional or nutritionist before you get started on something like this. But typically for intermittent fasting during the fasting window, you only want to consume non-caloric beverages such as water or black coffee or tea. Now, some people may choose to still consume small amounts of low calorie uh, sweeteners like stevia, or even like Splenda but consuming any calories even in small amounts can disrupt the fasting state and negate the benefits of the practice. So it's really up to you to decide or you and your doctor to decide which method may be best for you. With that being said, let's go ahead and talk about the different types or protocols of intermittent fasting. First, we'll start off with I think one of the ones that's probably the most common, which is the 16-8 method. So this method involves fasting for 16 hours and then eating during an eight hour eating window. So for example, you might eat between 12 p.m. and 8 p.m. and then fast from 8 p.m. until noon the next day. The other type of fasting that there is is the 5-2 diet. Now, this normally involves eating five days a week and then restricting your calories to 500 or 600 calories for the remaining two non-consecutive days. And I just want to point out that this is one that I definitely would not recommend for most people, especially people who tend to listen to this podcast, which are usually women who are over the age of 30, who are dealing with some form of hormonal imbalance. I can say that eating that restrictive amount of calories can definitely not be so great hormonally. Um, So I wouldn't recommend it. But again, I'm just giving you guys the information just so that you have it and you can make your own informed decision. So the other type of fasting is alternate day fasting. So this involves alternating between days of eating normally and then days of calorie restriction. And then there's what is known as the warrior diet, which involves eating a small number of raw fruits and vegetables during the day, and then eating one large meal at night. This could also kind of be seen as OMAD or one meal a day, where you may have heard of people only eating like a very large meal Uh, within an hour period at the end of their day so this can also be kind of considered as that and then there's the eat stop eat method which involves 24 hour fasting once or twice a week now I've already explained to you one kind of warning when we're thinking about hormones and hormonal imbalance and how that can kind of change things but I also want to talk about some other warnings when it comes to intermittent fasting so intermittent fasting itself should not cause muscle loss if calorie intake is adequate and the person is engaging in regular strength training exercises. However, if calorie restriction is excessive, it can lead to muscle loss along with the fat loss. So not only are you losing the fat, which of course is the goal, but you're also losing some of your muscle. And I know that that can kind of seem like, well, it's you know the sacrifice that I'm willing to make to get to my goal. And I get That, but we have to remember that as women and as we get older, it's going to be more difficult for us to put on muscle. So, if we're just letting that muscle go, then it's not going to be a great thing for us long term. So, during intermittent fasting, the body will first use up its carbohydrate stores for energy and then it will break down to the fat stores. So, if the fast is prolonged and carbohydrate stores are depleted, the body will start to break down the muscle tissue to convert amino acids into glucose, which is a process called gluconeogenesis. So if you are going to still choose to participate in intermittent fasting to try to combat the muscle loss that may come with it, it's important that you are consuming enough protein and engage in strength training exercises during your intermittent fasting. And it's also important to ensure that your overall caloric intake is not too low. Now let's talk about who intermittent fasting is not So, intermittent fasting may not be the best approach for individuals with a history of binge eating, as it may end up triggering disordered eating patterns, emotional distress, and preoccupation with food. So, binge eating is characterized by eating a large amount of food in a short period of time, often to the point of feeling physically uncomfortable, and is often accompanied by feelings of guilt and shame. So, if you guys have followed my journey for a while, This is something that I posted about quite a bit in the beginning of my journey, just having that issue with binge eating where I wouldn't eat much during the day and I was kind of doing my own, you know, version of intermittent fasting and then binging at night or maybe you're someone who is embarrassed about your relationship with food. So when you're out with other people, you tend to eat these smaller portions that really aren't filling you up and then you go out and you get something else and you, you know, binge on that because that's what you really wanted and that's what you really needed to feel satiated so if you're someone who has that type of patterned eating then this may not be the best approach for you because again it's kind of just mimicking the intermittent fasting and then it's reinforcing those behaviors that you are trying to change. If you are someone who has a history of binge eating, it's really important that you address the underlying emotional and psychological issues before attempting to change your eating habits. So intermittent fasting may be too restrictive and can exacerbate the binge eating cycle. And it's also important to remember that for anyone with a history of disordered eating, any weight or diet weight loss strategy should be approached with caution for this reason. I have had my own personal experience with intermittent fasting, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. So in the past, I have done IF. I used the 16-8 split where I would eat from about 12 to 8, so I would skip breakfast. And at the time, I didn't know that this was causing my stress hormone, cortisol, to spike even further in the mornings than it already was. So what I found out through learning more about my body, having testing done, is that my cortisol level levels were sky high in the morning and then me not eating breakfast was causing them to go even higher so I was stressing myself and my body out more than I needed to by doing this so once I knew better and knew more about my specific body I stopped skipping breakfast and began to eat in the morning and I felt a lot better I've also tried the 24 hour fasting and what I noticed with that is that I lost muscle extremely fast. Even though I was hitting a sufficient amount of protein on the other days that I wasn't fasting and I was eating a sufficient amount of calories on those days, I noticed that my body seemed to lose muscle noticeably fast. So what do I do now? Now I tend to have like a very short Kind of fasting window in comparison to all of the different methods that we talked about today, which is about 12 hours per day. It allows my digestive tract the time that it needs to rest, and I'll have my last meal around 8 p.m., and then I'll have breakfast around 8 a.m. And I found this to be the best method for me personally, and it also stops me from having that late night snacking. I know I'm 10 years into this thing and have kept the weight off for all this time, but when you have a relationship that you're trying to heal with food that has lasted for most of your life it's still tough even when you're at the 10-year mark. So for me, having that cutoff time around 8 p.m., again, really just helps me to negate all of the late-night snacking that I used to do and that if I'm not careful, I will still do. So I think that more so than the fasting itself, the benefit that I'm actually getting or where I'm actually getting the benefit from is the fact that I'm not eating so late Um, to where I end up just kind of eating things that are really just keeping me awake, right? Because whenever you tend to be up late and you start to snack on things, what do you go for? You go for like chips or cookies, you know, things that have sugar in them, mostly because you probably need to be going to bed, (laughs) right? Or at least that was the case for me. Like I needed to be going to bed, but because I wasn't going to bed and I was wanting to stay up and continue to watch Netflix or continue to scroll, then I would go for the things that I could just easily kind of eat those things would give me a quick sugar rush and it would allow me to stay up another hour another two hours and so on and so forth so for me this helps in in many ways one way like I said is the late night snacking and then the other way is just actually having a decent bedtime and having a good time to go to sleep and also get away from my screens and kind of reset my body and allow my body to actually rest. Now, if you're someone who doesn't necessarily have a poor relationship with food or you don't have a history of disordered eating, I think that there doesn't necessarily need to be a cutoff time that you stop eating in the evenings. You should be able to listen to your hunger cues, listen to your body, um, and be able to tell, you know, like if you're hungry, you'll have a maybe a small little snack or something like that. This is just speaking to my personal experience and the experience of many others that I've worked with because the women who come to me tend to have those same issues. That that I've had in the past. So now you know more about intermittent fasting, you know about the benefits, you know about the potential drawbacks or risks. You know that intermittent fasting can cause weight loss by just creating a caloric deficit. We highlighted the different types of intermittent fasting and also highlighted the fact that it's important to note that this may not be suitable for individuals with a history of binge eating as it may trigger disordered eating patterns. So it's important to address the underlying issues before attempting any new diet or fasting plan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Worth the Weight. Remember, if this episode or any of our episodes have helped you, please consider taking a screenshot of the episode, posting it on IG, tagging us at Worth the Weight podcast or tagging me at Cookie Miller, and we will be sure to repost. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.